0: What's up? What's up? This is Jared. And listen, I just want to quickly break from the traditional intro here and reiterate that this podcast is here to help during the coronavirus outbreak, okay? We know that being on the digital front lines is causing a lot of stress for you. And so I just want you to know that the goal here is to provide you a few minutes of empathy and relief each week while we navigate the outbreak together. That's what we're here for, right? We're a posse and we're here for each other. So listen, take care of yourselves. We work in healthcare. We got this, y'all, okay? We're going to do this together. All right, so here's what's gonna go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the Week about a brand new community group to share resources and relief about the outbreak. You'll wanna check that out. Then we'll welcome Andy Gradle for our rap battle. Then hang with us for What's the 411 featuring Alan Shoebridge. Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Hey y'all, I wanna let you know about a new LinkedIn group for healthcare marketing, communications, and digital pros to share resources for tackling the COVID-19 pandemic, okay? The group is called COVID-19 Marcom Resources and Relief. That's COVID-19 Marcom Resources and Relief. We're posting all day long there about webinars, articles, compilations, podcast episodes, and examples from the community, okay? So lots of shared resources that are going to help you. So that's the resources part. And don't forget that last part, relief. We're also sharing things to keep us all going day to day. We got to keep our sanity somehow, right? So it's also a place to ask questions and just vent because life is crazy right now, but it's a little less so when we're tackling the crazy together. This is a community effort. I just want you to be aware of that. I'm all about giving credit where credit's due. Paul Griffiths came up with the idea and Dan Dunlop and Jane Brubaker and others. We've helped get it going. We know there are other similar efforts underway in some of our industry associations. We're not concerned about duplicating efforts here. We know you just need info right now. So this seems like a quick, relatively frictionless way to connect you with that info. So that's really all it is. So go join the group like right now, right? It's called COVID-19 Marcom Resources and Relief. It's a listed group, so you can search by name or you can shoot me a note on LinkedIn and I'll just steer you there, no worries. So go check it out, hope that helps. And right there, that's the flavor of the Week. So this outbreak has really taken over life for all of us and we wanna recognize that and we're gonna to try to counteract that, not too lightly, but maybe we can help with a little outbreak of awesomeness on the side, genuinely. I welcome our guest this week, Andy Gradle. He's the Director of Digital Marketing at Walters Kluwer in the health division. Andy, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm holed up in my basement, which is where I've been holed up for the past year and some odd months working remotely. So it's an interesting time where I feel like the world is changing around me, yet my day-to-day is still my day-to-day absolutely and you recognize
0: that uh, i don't think i really mentioned this beforehand but uh, you join a very exclusive group of return guests who have been on the podcast more than once now so congrats on that we uh, we got to celebrate
1: oh that's great and and seriously i'm so happy to be on too because i feel like there is so much to talk about and there's more to talk about in the digital health marketing space by the day it, it's just increasing in frequency by the day. I mean, this whole world seems so simple a couple of years ago, but now, I mean the things that are going on now, it just blows what we did out of the water, you know, just a couple of years ago. I agree. And I feel like this is really the time for, for healthcare
0: to shine. It is under attack. It is the front lines. It's the trenches right now. And we have this opportunity, I feel like trust in healthcare systems and what is being set out there like by all parties like it's it's never been more important than it is in a time like this and I'm glad to have you on because uh, I've always appreciated your perspective really seeing things from being client side for so long and now being on the agency side assisting those clients helping them understand and and, and recognize really how to get out in front of things uh, you've had some really interesting experiences lately uh, with the coronavirus with this whole covid-19 outbreak we are in a new world than we were even just a couple of weeks ago. If you, you and I were just talking earlier, uh, right before we hit record, how this world has changed like in the last you know seven to 10 days. And uh, neither of us, I, I feel like, are too extreme one way or the other in terms of denying it or being like 100% alarmist on it. But there's this really uh, healthy middle ground where I think a lot of us are playing where we're like, okay, yeah, it is a serious thing. We're gonna take it seriously. We have empathy for everyone involved. But then what? <laughs> like, like, how does that impact exactly. us? Like, and how does it impact like the day to day of our work? And I know, I mean, man, like, uh, just day to day. Let's start there, and then we'll dive into it a little bit more in the rap battle because I do want to keep that as as part of a that segment as part of our flow here. But you know, just day to day, like, how are like are things changing much for you? And, and tell us maybe a little bit about something that's going on. In particular, like, like how have things changed and what types of initiatives are you working on
1: right now just to deal with the whole outbreak? Yeah, when you're saying seven to 10 days, I mean, even seven to 10 hours ago feels like a different world sometimes, you know? But like I've said a number of times this week internally um, in various meetings, and not to make light of it, but I'm actually serious. I mean, web teams are actually built for times like these. You know, web teams are built for pandemics. I mean, we've been in a way, social distancing ourselves for years. I mean, we're used to spending hours working remotely, staring at screens. And and as I know, the company I work for has transitioned to working entirely remotely. You know, it's been a big change for some people, but I feel the web teams, they are ready for this. and, And times like this, I mean, this is when web teams really shine. You know, this is when, especially with healthcare providers, you know, they're thrust into the middle of a a crisis comms situation. And I truly believe this is when strong teams make their mark. They can bring the needs of the user to the forefront, and they are put in a position where they can ensure that everything's digestible and on message. And you know, think about—I mean, just the amount of traffic all these sites are now getting. I mean, we. Here at Wolters Kluwer, we had a coronavirus page that went up back in January, which seems like eons ago. But that page at first was getting 25 or 50 or 100 visits a day. And I believe it was Wednesday of last week, which is when we're recording this, that would have been um, Wednesday, March the 12th, I believe, or 13th. All of a sudden, this page that had been humming along going from a couple hundred to a couple thousand views a day spiked and we were getting 30 40 fifty thousand visitors a day for this page and it's just interesting how the search volume just went through the roof leading up to the um, the president declaring an emergency there and that's a great example of how we were able to get ahead of it by having that page in place and now, We have a centralized location where we can communicate with our customers, as well as clinicians and providers and researchers throughout the world, as my company is offering a number of our tools and resources for free. So this has become a central hub. And since we weren't spinning it up on the fly, I mean, we were prepared weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Now we're well positioned where the fun really begins as the spotlights on myself and and the brand team and everyone now wants to, to get involved and contribute. So that's the next challenge is you know, how do we put a work you know workflow in place and SLAs and get everyone on the same page to make sure that we're communicating consistently, effectively, and correctly too, and that we're not just throwing stuff online as soon as it becomes available. Like you said, I think it bears repeating that the importance of the web team and
0: social teams and digital content that's that's being distributed at every channel the importance of it that you don't just start that when the crisis happens it it is going full steam already and it's too late to have established that you have to have it already going and already kind of running smoothly to be able to operate correctly in a time like this so exactly let, yeah let's let's dive into that a little bit that that's the topic of our rap battle today
1: Rap
0: Battle! Rap Battle is where we challenge the status quo in healthcare marketing and we say, look, things have changed, times have changed, and we're changing along with them. In fact, we have the opportunity to be the agents of that change. And I genuinely cannot think of a better opportunity than there is right now. And yes, I'm choosing to think of it as an opportunity rather than just see all the all the difficulties and challenges going on there too. And it feels like you're, you're the same way, that there are opportunities here that you see your part. So let's start with that, Andy. Like what's, what's the part of the digital team at a hospital or health system in a time like this?
1: I've said this for years and I feel like every single health system I was at, I was repeating this over and over again. This is when the web team and the organization's digital front door should be the best source of information about the organization. Being the best source of information about themselves. Now, it's important that the web team be brought into the workflow and information is going up there. If not first, it's simultaneously with when it's being released publicly. And I've already seen this a number of times just with organizations in the Philly area over the past couple of days where there's some article posted on Philadelphia Inquirer website or another local newspaper, and then you go to the healthcare provider's website and there's nothing about what that publication is talking about on the website. You know, so if you think about it, the public's going to go to these trusted news sources Read about an organization, and there's a really good chance that their next stop in their digital journey is that organization's website. So it's important that everyone be you know, lockstep and coordinated and making sure that the same messaging is going out at the same times across all these different channels, because I I can speak from experience. I mean, there's also nothing more demoralizing to a web team than to read something about your organization on another site that's not yours before you have it posted up on your own website. I mean, there's probably things that are more demoralizing, but that's, that's in my top five. So, I mean, that's huge, is is just making sure that everyone is on the same page and and everyone's you know rowing in the same direction there. Absolutely. What is that
0: role then? Are people coming to a hospital website to learn about COVID-19? Tell us, like, like
1: what content should be there? Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the perspective, and this is a tough one sometimes to swallow because, of course, every organization thinks that they are at the center of every user's life. And... You know, you have to take a couple steps back and think, okay, this person has already read about COVID in probably 28 other places. They've heard about it from all these people and now they've come to you. So, what is it they've come to you for? You know, they probably want to know, you know, the who, the what, the when, the where for your organization. You know, what what is it your organization is going to do for them? They came to you for a purpose. How are you going to serve that? there's not a need to overload them necessarily with information about symptoms, you know, the history of covid-19. That's what the CDC website and others are well positioned to do and you know it's tough sometimes you know it's tough because i mean every communicator wants to communicate and sometimes you know getting people within an organization to kind of dial back and stay focused on the core message is not easy because of course everyone sees themselves as the the source of information but i think it's just a matter of keeping a perspective of what the information is that the user wants you to convey so you know, I think about, um, you know, most websites right now, um, most of the healthcare provider websites, you know, one of the big messages is about restrictions with visitors for the organization, you know, and I've seen a lot of messaging about that and a lot of, a lot of good work about that. You know, interesting thing, though, this is something that always hits me. You know, years ago, I, I did a focus group when I was doing a website redesign, and I remember that you know, I was sitting there in the focus group thinking this website's going to be the best thing. I mean, everyone's going to love this. And someone actually raised their hand and they were looking at a mock-up of the homepage and they asked where would they click in order to find where to get a cup of coffee? You know, which of course, we didn't have a single discussion about where a person would click to get a cup of coffee, you know, prior to that. But I was thinking about that as I was looking at a bunch of these websites because they're talking about visitor restrictions, which is totally great. I mean, that's totally in their wheelhouse and that's what they should be talking about. But are they also making it clear to the people that aren't the patients and aren't necessarily the visitors, You know, the people that are bringing patients to a surgery, for example, where do they fit in that scheme? You know, are they just supposed to sit in the parking lot for a couple hours while their loved one is in surgery? I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, so it's not even just the messaging. It's also making sure that you've covered all of your personas and, and potential visitors with that messaging.
0: So many vendors, so little time, expecting me to know them all is practically a crime, but it's what my job's about, it makes me want to shout, I need some help deciding who to use without a doubt, something everyone wants, like a secret decoder, something everyone needs, like your own baby Yoda, help me to choose, I can't afford to lose, isn't there a website that I really ought to use, martech.health, martech.health. Do yourself a favor, check it out for yourself. Need to find a vendor? This is the way. Bartech.Health. Who you gonna pick today? Bartech.Health is the vendor directory built specifically for healthcare marketing, communications, and digital professionals. People like you. Founded and run by the OG himself, Healthcare Internet Hall of Famer Ed Bennett. It's designed to make your next vendor selection process less painful. And here's why over 600 vendors across 40 industry categories, verified vendor reviews and ratings from your peers. A resource library of articles, videos, and events, plus an anonymous messaging tool to get your vendor questions answered without worrying about endless callbacks. All of this is free to use and share. Check it out at martech.health. What we should be doing already under is really just under a microscope at a time like this is what I'm hearing, that the splitting out, identifying your personas, understanding what content is really... Uh, what they 're each searching for when they come to your site that that part doesn't change at all, and that uh, that this makes a lot of sense in terms of we ought to just be able to culminate the right content and put those in the right places and, and understand like you said, I love that thought that that we like to think that uh, that our health system is always at the at the middle of every user's journey, and it's really not so they 're not there to, to see a lot of other things that they've already learned in other places. And I think that's just a, a very valuable tip for us to understand in a time like this. So, so thank you for that. I'm curious, just from a, from a personal standpoint, I think a question that's in a lot of our minds right now that just has to do with kind of like this new work life, right? This, uh, a lot of people working from home for the first time and just getting used to the, the whole social distancing thing, which, so, you know, I've I've worked from home off and on for, for several years and there are definitely times where, where you just feel distanced, no matter what. So I would say it's not new for for people like you and me who have done this before. But uh, any pro tips for working from home for the first time? That's a tough one because yeah, it, it's different
1: for everyone. You know, I mean, I'm one of those people. I I love to dive into my work, and I come up for air after eight hours, nine hours. You know, whenever my wife tells me it's time for dinner, and you know that to me is is a good day. You know, but I guess when you're working remotely and now you're communicating with people potentially all over the world you know it's important that you be clear and and mindful of the words you're using at all times you know i feel like if you're passing by someone's desk in the hallway and you say something as you're walking by and there's a little faux pas or there's a misunderstanding it's much easier to clear up than if you send an email to your team and all of a sudden they're staring there thinking wait what did they mean by that you know because you can't tell tone from from email so being mindful of the words you're using i mean it, it's it's number 1 on the list right there i think the other thing too is It's getting comfortable with working behind a webcam, essentially. I mean, that's the other thing, too. You know, I I have all these meetings all day long with people. And I think the most productive ones and the most enjoyable ones are the meetings where people are turning their cams on. And all of a sudden, you know, you're not just getting the oral cues, you're, you're now getting the visual cues. And it really helps things a lot. And I think also keeps people connected. It's almost like, well, I'm not sure if you heard about this earlier. People are talking about changing the phrasing from social distancing to, oh boy, what's the new phrase now? Is it apart together or something like that? Because we're physically apart. But socially, we can actually still interact very easily just using technology. So it's just a matter of getting comfortable with all this. And I think the other big thing too is, I mean, like anything else, having a dedicated workspace, I can't say how helpful that is. I mean, having a space where I can close the door and this is where I'm working during the day and times like this, I actually have a little hang tag on the door, you know, like a... uh, Do not disturb from a hotel. So anyone in my family knows when that's on the door. I'm actually on a call. I'm I'm doing something. I can't be disturbed. But at the same time, too, I mean, once the workday is over, I walk out of this room and I'm able to leave my work here. You know, for the most part. I mean, we never, we never ever leave our work anymore. But I leave the bulk of my work in here as opposed to doing my work in the living room or at the kitchen table or somewhere like that, that is, is now like the, you know, it's, I now don't have a way to transition from work to home life. It's almost like how, I guess, experts say you shouldn't watch TV in your room, that you should make your bedroom, your sole place to sleep because it messes up your, your body's you know, rhythms or whatever. If all of a sudden you're using your bed for not just sleeping, now you're watching TV and doing other things. I, I think it applies to the rest of your house too. I mean, if you have a dedicated workspace, the rest of your life becomes that much easier.
0: I need a dime, I ain't faking a book. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ulterra Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. For sure. So uh, post-its, that's my tip. Post-its. Uh, 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 you don't want that- to see my desk. just post-its everywhere (laughs) well and i've got that is my sign on the door on the outside of the door too so i right like my my home office doubles as our guest room that's our little secret at our house so when when people come to stay when we've got family staying here then i actually have kind of like the a desk that i roll into my bedroom Uh, that's the other like the secondary workspace and i've also been able to do it in my son's room i've been able to do it in our other office like we've got Different options that I've learned, but all based around that standpoint they just said about a dedicated workspace. I can't emphasize that enough. And it is like it's not it's not rude. It's not anything. It, you know, to put a little sign on the door that says, you know, I've got one. that Says, yeah, I'm on the phone. I have one that says uh, recording a podcast. That mm-hmm. <laughs> that is one. So people just realize, you know, they they don't want to come in or whatever and disturb that. So yeah, great great advice there too. So I think the only like the the last part of it for me that I'm interested in hearing from you because I if I remember right, I think you and I probably met for the first time at like HCIC, like at a conference, at an in-person conference. And I'm seeing, I don't know if you're finding this for yourself too, I'm finding myself leaning on relationships with those who I have met and kept up with in person, during this time, I don't know if it's irony or what, but like those are the ones who I'm going to first just to check in with, because I'm realizing those are the ones who I have had a stronger relationship with. And so now that we have to socially distance ourselves, I'm like, well, you know, I want to go check in on so-and-so and and see how they're doing. And it's usually those who I have had some in-person interaction with. And so I think the irony of it is, is that in the midst of conferences being canceled in the spring or being postponed, I'm, I'm aware of several that are planning on being postponed until the summer, for instance, or late summer, in the midst of all that, I'm finding this emphasis on, man, I'm sure glad that those conferences were are going to be happening later in the year. And I think there's going to be just a huge sigh of relief because there's that family reunion feel at a lot of conferences, you know, like an HCAC or or others like that, that it's just, you know, it's really good to see all you guys because the social distancing, you know, was just, you know, we recognize the importance of of keeping up with people. And so I don't know if you were seeing the same thing as far as emphasizing relationships like professional
1: relationships with those who you have met in person. Yeah, I definitely think that's the the yin to the yang of the situation. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of angst and stress and everything else. But now if you think about all the potential positives, so now there's a big chunk of the workforce that hasn't had the opportunity potentially to work remotely. So now there's actually extra time in their lives. You know, there's extra time they used to commute potentially and what are they going to use that for? I know I've used a lot of that time, just like you said, to reach out to people. I've spent a lot more time on on LinkedIn and um, on, on Twitter and, and not trolling, I mean, reaching out to people and and actually communicating and, and touching base with people that I may not have had time to talk to before. And it's a lot of those, you're right, it's a lot of those people that, that we've met over the years. And you know, I was actually just... Emailing um, Ed Bennett the other day, you know, about things that have nothing to do with healthcare. You know, we're just talking about other stuff, and it, it's that's why I love this, you know, healthcare Martech space so much because I do feel like there are very strong connections, and everyone, you know, supports each other, and and in times like this, you know, where we're socially distant, at least face to face those connections are still there, which is great. You know what's interesting, by the way, total side note, I actually think that that times like this too, I mean, people are actually nicer in general. You know, you you kind of see, you see the worst of the worst on the news and you see people hoarding, you know, like 16,000 rolls of toilet paper or whatever they're doing, you know. But I, I, I feel that, you know, when you go out and, and when I was grocery shopping the other night, you know, people are actually... Much more open, and I feel like they're they're a little bit friendlier, a little nicer, nicer now than they might have been a week ago. And it actually isn't such a bad thing, you know. It, it's something where these kinds of situations bring us all together, you know, and it's kind of reassuring, you know. I, I truly believe that, like I said, these situations bring out the the best in web teams. I actually think they bring bring out the best in a lot of people. Overall you know and it's it's something you you don't see day to day but you see in times like this, exactly exactly and I appreciate even just a few minutes with you today, Andy you know we could
0: keep going on this. I just appreciate it. I think this type of of one on one just these, these types of conversations I have a feeling the same type of conversation is being played out all over the country, really all over the world at this point, but just people trying to make sense of whatever what's going on right now, and at the end of the day, hopefully coming off Ah, uh, coming away from it feeling, you know, just a little better. Like, you know, we're we're not the only ones. Like, we're not losing our minds. We're we're hearing about other people losing their minds. We're, tra- we're trying to keep our cool and and just get on with life ourselves. And we recognize our part in that and how important it is uh, at a time like this. So, Annie, thanks so much for your time
1: and thanks for joining us on the program today. Oh, you bet! It's been a blast. What's
0: the four one one?
2: Hi, I'm Alan Shubridge, and I'm here with the Healthcare 411 for Marketers. So today I want to talk about how you can get the most out of 2020. I know we're already a couple months in, uh, but it's not too late uh, for some of these strategies starting at the beginning of the year and going throughout the entire year. So thinking about how you break up the year, I know we're really familiar with breaking the year into four quarters. So what I'm going to talk about is how in each of those four quarters, you can develop a certain strategy for success that you'll get some really great dividends from. So in quarter one, I know we're, we're just about through with it, um, but again, it's not too late. And also as you're thinking about next year, you know, breaking up your year, this can be really good advice for you. So I think quarter one, it's all about focus. And that starts with sharing your marketing plan. So again, hopefully you had a marketing plan done. Uh, you were able to share it in January and February, and now you're in the midst of working that plan. So again, you know, if you didn't get there, if you didn't have a plan done, um, it's not too late. So I would say get on it and try to get it done. And then when you're working, uh, thinking of that theme of focus, it's really important to stay focused on your marketing plan about 80% of the time. Uh, I think you know the other 20% of the time, you can do some experimentation, but it's easy uh, to get distracted. So make sure you stay focused on that plan as much as you possibly can. I know it's tough right now. You know, a lot of us are dealing with things around coronavirus and trying to get messaging out about that. And, you know, that's a distraction, obviously, but that's, that's, that fits in that sort of 20% of the time too. So again, trying to make room, uh, maybe some other things have to go on hold, uh, but stay as focused as you possibly can. And I would say too, think about sharing your results. So again, you've had about two months, two and a half months into the year. Um, if you know about results, make sure you're sharing them now and that you continue to do it. So as you transition into quarter two, I think this is a really great place to focus on learning. And that's something that's very difficult for us to make a priority. I know we all know about it in the abstract. We we think it's important, but are we making it a priority? That's why I say you should carve out quarter two uh, to focus on learning. So you get there and you get started by thinking about what do you need to learn? Are there any gaps in your knowledge and your competency that you need to address? Uh, What does your team need to learn? It's a good time also to identify any conferences, webinars you want to attend this year. Maybe you want to put in the budget for next year. But again, kind of map that out. Uh, put it on a calendar. Think about it. If there's things you need to um, adjust or to allocate budget to, uh, do it now. Do it in quarter two. Again, plot up the rest of the year. There's a lot of great stuff uh, that happens You know, in the last three quarters of the year. Um, that happens. There's a lot of great conferences, things going on. I think it's also a great time to identify any books, articles, et cetera, you want to read and share. Um, also, it's really important for leaders to lead by example. Make it a team effort. Um, make get your team involved. Uh, share things on a regular basis. Share articles. Don't hoard that, that knowledge for yourself. Uh, maybe even carve out time on a monthly basis to have a team meeting where you can share some of this information. So, again, uh, use Quarter 2 to develop your learning strategy Uh, Make sure that you've uh, identified what you want to accomplish. If you haven't done it already, uh, it's a great thing to do in quarter two and get that momentum going for the rest of the year. As you move into quarter three, I think this is where uh, measuring comes into really strong uh, attention and you know, obviously, we want to be measuring throughout the year. But you know, if you haven't been doing it uh, by quarter three, you know, it's really going to be a little bit of a time crunch to see how you allocate things for the upcoming year. So, I'd say quarter three, think about making that all about measuring. Um, do you know what's worked so far throughout the year? Uh, and maybe even more importantly, do you know what hasn't worked? So things that you want to stop doing. Uh, as I mentioned before. Giving a strong um, uh, attention to measuring will really help you plan for the upcoming year. So, for are you confident in what's needed for 2021? Um, again, looking at your measurement, thinking how you're going to make some adjustments in that plan you built. And I mentioned it earlier about sharing results. Okay, so you've been measuring for the last three quarters uh, or last two quarters. Let's get let's make sure we get some of those results out if we haven't done it already. And then again, you know, make adjustments. So use your measurement uh, to make adjustments. And then use information to drive that next marketing plan. And I'd say, two, if, if a measurement has been something you haven't been able to invest in, again, maybe quarter three is a great time to figure out for the upcoming year, how are we going to put some of that measurement in place? Are there things we need to invest in? Do we have a CRM? Those, those quick, those really crucial questions. Um, if you're not able to measure a lot, I think this might be the time of year to build your strategy. So, uh, you know, as you go into quarter four, uh, that becomes all about planning. And again, kudos to you if you can do it earlier. If you're out there in the summer or something planning, uh, that's great. But I think quarter four is all about planning. Uh, defining your business priorities for 2021. Uh, defining your measurement plan for 2021. You know, setting all your goals. So starting with your, your big goals, your team goals. Uh, what are you aligning up to uh, with the organization's business goals, strategic plan, that sort of thing. Make sure you got your team goals set for 2021. And then, you know, don't uh, don't skimp on setting your own personal goals too. So you have things you want to accomplish both within your organization or maybe personally or maybe professionally trying to, you know, build your profile up. Those are things you want to think about setting some goals as well. And it's important too uh, to take some time to take a break and recharge if you can. So if you're lucky enough uh, to be able to take some time off in December, January, things like that. Um, quarter four is a good time to make that plan uh, book your time make sure you come hit the hit the start of the year refresh and you know I know many of us are on also a fiscal uh, budget so I think you know this can be adjusted a little bit you kind of move it back two quarters or something like that that's, that's kind of what I'm doing in my organization but I know it's hard to kind of adjust that because there's a lot of things especially on personal time and everything with the holidays that are on the calendar year so you need to adjust this a little bit depending on your specific situation But I feel like there's a lot of value in dividing the year up into quarters and making each quarter have a specific focus that you can go back to and make sure you've you've accomplished all your goals. So I think this will set you up really well uh, for the rest of the year and in 2021. So I hope you give it a shot and good luck on the next year.
0: Thanks to Andy for joining us this week. Don't forget to join the posse. Listen, subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the shift.health network. So on behalf of Andy and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.